welcome to How to Become More Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Francois from HowToBecomeMore.com and the MVP Podcast to make sure that entrepreneurs get fired up into the journey of their entrepreneurship. And we have today Gail Kraft as our Empowering Process Podcast guest, which is going to be a fantastic experience that we'll get together. Let's find out the roller coaster of life and the nuggets that it has for each and every one of us. So welcome, everybody, and welcome, Gail. Oh, thank you, Francois, so much for having me. As I said earlier, when we were chatting, bonjour. bonjour. There you go, French, a little bit yes. of French. That's good. And Absolutely. as I mentioned, the nice part I like about this is that usually people learn bad words on the extra language, but you learn a good one, which is I learned a good one. I learned a good one. And how you have grown. <laughs> that is good. So before we go, this event is sponsored by uh, um, How to Become More. And basically, if you ever find out or want to find out the fastest way to get unstuck when you're actually your results are going sideways and you feel discouraged. I got this video series just for you. It's a little sponsor tip to help each and everyone perform at the next level. So without further ado, let's start into it and say, Gail, can you talk about us about what is it that you do like personal and professional background so we can have an understanding of where we're going today? Okay, let's see how far back I go. So initially, my professional background is in corporate, right? So um, I did a, a lot with big business and climbed the ladder quite successfully very quickly in every job that I had. Um, but at some point, and I do tell this story frequently, I got fired and um, hit the rabbit hole of I hate you, you're terrible for firing me. But the good news is I made a decision never to work for corporate again and right. become an entrepreneur. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but that's so, a good thing. A lot of entrepreneurs started with being fired and that's because yes. we are unemployable. Yes, because you know, I have opinions and I, and I voice them. Um, so I started consulting and, you know, got certified as a business process coach. Okay. And in that process, I realized that they were missing um, the skill set to get people on board. And I know if you don't have people first, it doesn't matter how good your process is, right? It's not going to work. So I got me this thing called life coaching certification. And from that moment forward, Francois, I, it, it pulls me. It is, um, it is delicious. It is juicy. Um, it is not my power. <laughs> it is something calling me and it has always been there. And I have been studying and teaching and doing it ever since. Interesting. I love yeah. the words that you use. It is juicy. It is pulling me. It is from inside. And hence, all listeners right now, unless you have those kinds of feelings about what it is that you do, Maybe you should look for something else. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so when we talk about, you know, and I used to teach the power of why before I knew that this man, Sinek, used that. <laughs> but it's true. If you don't know why. Now, I could not put my finger on the why. I just knew I had no choice. Interesting that you say I had no choice. I had no choice but to follow this feeling of needing to know more, understand more and share more and teach more. Um, 
Many people will say, "I do it because of the kids. I do it because of the money. I do it because of prestige." Those reasons will not sustain you during the hard times. Absolutely. In fact, those reasons will probably bring the hard times faster. And when you talk about hard times, I'd like to go back to some of the things because we always have a survey before we meet. And you said that you grew up as what and where? <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a gang kid in okay. Boston. Yes, I. Um, that was my family. You know, I was uh, one of those children who came home and father worked until midnight. Mother had passed away. Siblings were out of the house. I was alone, and I was alone, and I was lonely. And so, what did I do? I put on my flip flops and my, you know, jacket, and I went down the corner and hung out with the gang. And that's what I did, and that's where my family was until um, at 16, I moved out of Boston, and that was what got me out of the gang. I would never have left. In fact, they they chased me. They, uh, they can, you know, what you're, you know, and I was told you could not go back to the gang if you move, if you move out of, into the suburbs, you cannot go back, and it was hard. I can imagine. So, yeah. so a couple of things right here is we all need family, we all need a community, and then, but also the quality of that community will determine the quality of our life. And you mentioned something about those people now that some are uh, maybe not even here anymore, and other right. things, right? Right. You know, um, definitely, folks from the gang—they're either dead or in jail. Um, some made it out. Right, um, but what are your options if you're, you're doing that? And I hung around with the smart and money gang. We did hey. not use sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We sold sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We did yeah. not use our products. Yes, and so right. so again, you're, you're unpacking some things. We all need family. We all need community, and then the quality of the community determines the quality of our life. And then, since from inside of you, you said that you were pulled before, you had no choice. It got you out of there, and then you found another community where now you are making a difference. And what you're doing is motivational speaker, podcaster, radio broadcaster, an author, and an empowerment master. This is quite the change from what you were doing as a gang person. Nevertheless, it is the same concept. You are in a community that now, instead of driving you down, is driving you up, and you're raising people around you. This right. is a powerful concept to remember for all of us to know that hey, it's it's not about us; it's about the community that's with us, but also what's inside of us that's pulling us out. That's absolutely wonderful. I like it. And so right. for all of us, also maybe one more thing: you said when you leave the gang, you can't come back in. Gangs or communities have rules, but ask yourself: are these rules limiting you or uplifting you? And if it's not to what's inside, because everybody in this podcast we're heart-centered and service-driven let's right. follow that path let's follow that path it will guide us to the promised land and bring people along with us that's absolutely great i love it yeah absolutely absolutely and I, i will tell you that um in the process of of honing my skill as a um, master at coaching it's i spent every moment and i still do honing myself so you know I had to unpack me. I can't show up right with someone who is feeling disempowered or or feeling um, their low self-esteem or feeling like they're the imposter syndrome. I can't show up 
carrying that myself. Right? Absolutely. Yes. I have to know, number one, if I am carrying it, to leave it at the door and hold space for you or unpack it and heal myself. And right. so I've spent my life, you know, unpacking myself and it's been amazing. It's scary. It's hard. And um, anyone who doesn't do it is out of their mind because what comes out at, when you're done, the real you, if you ever looked in the mirror and said to yourself, people really don't know who I am, you need to unpack. This is such a profound statement. Yeah. If people don't know why I, I need to unpack, I absolutely love it. So for all the listeners right now, if your business is not at the level that you need to be, you need to unpack. And guess right. what? We cannot do this alone. Impossible. I have never met anybody able to do this alone. Case in point, let's just go into the sports industry. If you don't have a good coach, you will never surpass the capacity that you have and go to higher level. I myself, as you know, I'm a Canadian champion gold medal in Taekwondo. My master was ninth degree black belt. Like he pushed hard, but because he pushed, those who followed were able to achieve. And those who didn't, followed by the wayside and did nothing. It's the same thing in life, in everything that we do. And this is so powerful that you mentioned that. I like it. I awesome. Fantastic. It. And it and it's true. You know, I have... Um, I've, I've been doing this for years, so of course I have many client stories um, that we could go on for some that are so amazing. But I also have, I have two failures that dawned on me the other day. I have two failures, no, two clients who didn't do the work. And this is the thing. You do have to be ready to do the work. You know, um, I would say that one of them wanted to do it, but she let her ego get in the way, right? And it let her fear get in the way and really minimized everything that I asked her to do. So I knew that this wasn't going to work for her because she wasn't ready to do the work. And then I had another who wanted me to do the work for her. Well, does it work if I do the work? <laughs> you have to do the work, right? Absolutely. And, you know, so they're both past clients and probably will not be ever come back. But I have other clients that keep coming back because they hit another point in their life where they're ready to level up again and level up again. It's awesome. It's awesome. Let's just unpack this thing. It says people that didn't succeed and want because I, I like to take notes. If you're not yeah. taking notes, ladies and gentlemen, you're missing out because you can reflect on it after. And you said fear got in the way and minimized the impact of the teaching. If we unpack this, that means that inside of us, there's a certain limited space. And if that space is uh, is uh, occupied by fear, that means there's limited growth because there's not 100% of you there. Getting rid of that by default creates a vacuum that now can be filled with the new stuff. And that's paramount. And who decides this? You do. I do. We do. We are the ones. It's not the outside that does this. And then, and then you said the people that were successful with you are people that came with you and says, you know what? There's something that's amiss. Can we identify it and then remove it and replace it with something new? And then they had great success. Right. This is the key. Yep. Absolutely. And it, and it's, you know, call it vulnerability, call it being humble, um, call it being real, whatever, you know, language or word you want. It really is taking a look at yourself in the mirror and really being honest with what it is that you see. I will tell you something, Francois, 
one of the reasons that I became an entrepreneur. I, you know, I got fired. I hired a, a lawyer. I was suing their ass. Pardon my French. Oh, French. I, right? <laughs> I Bonjour. looked at myself in the mirror one day and said, I don't like who you are. And I am surprised you have any friends. Interesting. That Are is the day. That is when I started working on me long before I got a, a coaching certification. That is when I had to really face the fact that I was someone I didn't even like. And where was that coming from? Right. And how do I address that? And from that day forward, every obstacle that I faced, and believe me, I faced some really crappy situations. Life has not been beautiful all the time, but I owned it. I sat down and figured, where's the lesson in this? Because I don't want to ha ever have this experience again. What is it about me that's lacking that I allowed this situation to get to where it is right now? And what do I need to do to identify my trigger so I don't fall into this rut again? I love it. Yep. Where, where is the lesson I need to learn in this? And what do I do to avoid getting into this rut again? Right. Wonderful introspection. You see, Bob Proctor, one of my mentors, says that 2% of the people think, 3% of the population think they think, and 95% of the population would rather die than think. And what you have said right now is that it's the thinking. It's the taking a step back and looking at what's going on and getting real with ourselves. But sometimes what happens when we get real with ourselves, we don't like what we see and we want to, and right now I just moved <laughs> out of the camera. So, so people, because if you're hearing me, you can't see what I just did. And so we try to, to go away. Hence the power of having someone else to keep us accountable so right. that we can deal with it. Taking responsibility for it is absolutely awesome. And talk about this. What is things that get you fired up about being an entrepreneur? Because you said something about aha moments, if I may. Oh, yes. Yes. So the aha moment. So I love when I'm working with the client and, um, you know, so they're working through something and they're getting deeper and, and, and I'm asking questions. So how does this feel? Why do you think that happened? Well, you know, when did you first notice that this was a problem? How is this, you know, that, and then they're like, oh, I had one client and that's, that's the aha moment. One client, she was ready to, to, work, to divorce her husband, walk away from her business. And then she looked at me, she goes, holy crap, all of these problems are my fault. Da ding. <laughs> Did I tell her that? No, I helped guide her to her own conclusion. Right? And this is so powerful. Gail, let me just unpack this for a second, if that's yes. okay. You do not have, nor do I, a cookie cutter way of telling people this what happens. And this is the thing that sometimes frustrates potential clients or clients says, how is it going to happen? We don't know the how. We know the process. You will bring it to the table. Because if I tell you something, you have to evaluate, is it true or is it not true? Right. But if I ask you questions and you come out with things, then you know it's true. But because from you, right. your truth is yours, not mine. And it's unpacking it, putting it on the table, as you say, brings those aha moments that enables people to finally change their lives because they realize they are in control, which is wonderful. I love it. Yes. And, and that's, you know, when you realize you are in control and you take control, your life completely turns around. 
completely turns it around. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do you love most about what you do? <laughs> I love watching people turn their life around. I yes. really, really do. Um, I love when I get an opportunity. I have a public speaking opportunity coming up in October. I love it when I get to be on stage. And this one here, guys, this is exciting. This is a bunch of IT businessmen, leaders, as well as IT staff who want to hear about flow. Flow, F-L-O-W, flow. Yes, who want to hear about disruption, who want, right, right, who want to tap into their creative juices. Nice. And, and I'm like, this is remarkable because if your nerdies want to tap into their soul, because that's what flow is, in order to get creative, I'm there. I am right there. I've been there for so long and been waiting for you guys to catch up. <laughs> But Gail, isn't interestingly enough, the fact that COVID came and stopped everybody, I'm not talking about the disease. I'm talking right. about the repercussions on the human lives that people had to isolate. And then yes. we said, wow, look, we have digital communication. This is fantastic. But as we're doing it, after a while, people realize the emptiness in it. And this yeah. is this is a great vehicle because I have clients in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm in right. Ontario, Canada. Like okay. the world is an oyster now, but now there needs to be more deeper connection. And therefore, as you mentioned, the nerdy people or the people that are are now saying, it's got to be more. It has to be an essence of me in here. That digital right. stuff is great, but we need to connect. And right. that sense of connection needs to happen and people are awakened into it and that's wonderful everything happens for a reason oh absolutely i think this these past two years have been a gift um for me at least it's been a gift it's given me the opportunity to really get deep i mean there's stuff that i worked on on me that i didn't even know was a problem i didn't even know was there it's like holy moly hello how long have i been hiding from you and um two Um, very important ones because I'm vulnerable. I'll talk about anything, right? And this gets in the way of your business. If you don't think that your your attitudes and your baggage that you carry does not get in the way of your business, you're fooling yourself. One of them was um, this this feeling of, of you know not belonging, right? Right? Why did I go to a gang? Right? What are the things that happened in my life that I felt abandoned? Right. And if you had asked me even five years ago about my abandonment issues, I would have said, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Mm. And as I went through my timeline and looked at the evidence of where I felt that and what choices I made because of that bad choices, I made some good ones, but the bad choices, disempowering choices and what I needed to do to forgive those situations put them to rest and leave them in the past. This is so good. Right? So, so important. So abandonment was a big one. And then shame. Shame oh, is my favorite. Shame is my favorite. Yes. It lowers our vibration Ooh. so much. And shame, guys, is the one that none of you would admit to because I certainly didn't. And if you don't think you have shame, then why is it that you have to tell someone something and you decide to tell them something different. I don't want to hurt their feelings. It has nothing to do with them. 
It has to do with how are you feeling about telling them? There is shame there, right? When you have something, it's shame shuts your mouth. It shuts you up, right? That you're hiding something that it may be important to you, but you're afraid of what other people are going to say. I, I like, I like, let's, let's, let's unpack this a little yes. bit. It's interesting. Sometimes though, because I, I'm a good little boy, if I oh, something in someone. Shame on you if you're not. Well, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but what I'm saying is that if I see something of someone that is not really to my liking, maybe I should, and in French we says, ton ta langue cette fois, turn your tongue seven times before you speak, meaning think before you're going to react on this thing. And, and the following thing that my mom said, which I love her so much for that, she says, you can never get honey from a beehive that you keep on kicking. Stop kicking beehives. So therefore, sometimes my playbook is different than your playbook, but it doesn't mean that yours is bad and mine is good. I, oh, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying don't learn how to frame. Yes, I want to say what I'm saying so you hear me. Great, I love right? it. I don't want to react out of my emotional state. That is not constructive at all. That is me bringing my garbage to the table. Nice, right? I like it. This is a great distinction right? because sometimes. We talked about uh, you and I, Gail, says sometimes we're so much into the flow of what we know that we might not bring people up to par with what it is that we're talking about. I think this is a great distinction. We did not tell everybody here, go and speak your mind to everybody. That's not what we said. No. <laughs> and so if not, rewind it and watch it again, because right. it's very important that we need to communicate effectively and constructively with people. Right. Respect is good. Right. In, in my household, which is very interesting, Um, we literally uh, will sit down and say, okay, so is this my history that I'm feeling this and bringing this up? Or is this happening in the moment? Nice. Is this something that I need to look at? Because if it's my history, right, if I'm responding because at 13 years old, I, you know, such and such happened. All right. That happened then. How does that relate to what I'm feeling now? Let's leave that there. How am I feeling now? And that's, that's the conversation I will have with like with my daughter and she'll have it with me. I'll be like, yeah, that was, you know, six months ago. What are you feeling right now? Don't know. In, in fact, don't name it. Don't understand it. Don't explain it. Just feel it. What's it feel like? No, don't tell me. Don't give me a word. Don't put it in a box because the box is from history. Just feel it. Don't put it in the future. You know, if this keeps happening, nope, nope. Right now. What is the feeling? And so guys, How, what's this have to do with being an entrepreneur? It has everything to do with how you show up for your business, how you show up for your clients, how you show up for your, for your staff, how you show up for yourself. Right? Absolutely. I love it. Right? That is really good. So now we all know that, you know, success and business comes and all entrepreneurs, whenever we're asked, how's it going? Say, it's going fantastic. And then uh, it's funny, Gail says, lie. <laughs> all have challenges. And this is one of the things that we like in this podcast is that let's call the elephant in the room. Of course, being an entrepreneur is wonderful, better than having a job with someone else telling us what to do, but it has its ups and downs. So what's one of the biggest challenges that you ever faced in your professional life? Let's unpack this for a while so we can see that we are all alike. We all have challenges, but that doesn't mean it's the end. 
So can you unpack this a little bit, Gail? Oh my God, I've had so many challenges and, and I can't say one is bigger than the other, but I will say the first shocker for me, um, when I first started out as a coach, I had clients galore. I had no, I, I, I didn't have to market. Clients were coming to me, right? And then done, dry spell, nothing. And I did not know how to get clients on board. I didn't know what I needed to do to get folks to show up. So, you know, um, I did some training. I hired, you know, marketing person. I had, in fact, I had five coaches by the time I was done. Internet marketing, you know, network marketing, of course. physical marketer, you know, uh, an accountability coach and a personal trainer. I had five, right? Because I needed to get out fast and everything they told me to do failed thousands of dollars what was my lesson in that failure you. i can take a look at what you are doing but if it's not me my story and my voice it's not going to work because i'm not you and my customer is not your customer right so, um, so that was a huge finding my own voice and being true to who I am was the first really big hurdle that I had to come over. Interesting. You said, and remember a little while back, I said, and you and I are, are in agreement with this. There is no cookie cutter solutions to people's problems. And then when people come, those five coaches, they came to you with cookie cutter solutions. They didn't fit you. I have this book here to make people laugh on it. <laughs> it says questions are the answer, but I yes. never, I never read that book because it was boring, <laughs> but I've had it for over 30 years. And, and just the title has turned my life around. Meaning when I don't understand something, I ask questions. I don't say she's this, he's that. This is hmm, what information do you have that leads you to believe that this is true? And what right. else is there evidence of this happening? And so now we're unpacking this, peeling the onion, finding out what's going on. And then we can deal with it. Before that, if it's all packed up, how can we deal? We don't even know what's inside the package. And right. So, and so, so, so let's explain packing. What's, what we're talking about is we create a story around an incident in our life. And we have told ourselves this story so many times that we believe it to be true. Have you ever done that? Have you ever made up a lie? That's called shame. Um, and said it so many times that you start to believe that maybe that's, that is what happened. Absolutely. Right? Yes. We all did. And yes. if we're not saying that we did, we're lying. You're lying. Right. Because you're ashamed of the fact that you lied. Right. Right. We all do. We lie every day, by the way, guys, you know, that's something that we really have to become aware of. Right. Um, the little white lies, they are harmful. You just become aware of them and then speak your truth. Speak yes. Your truth. I, and, and talk about white lies is something that I, someone said one day that I really appreciate. If you keep saying white lies, you will soon become colorblind. Yeah. Yes. And so then it's going to be bigger and bigger, they get bigger and bigger. And you, you're accepting them. And right. with my clients yesterday, we said, if you speak the truth, you don't need a good memory because you didn't make up stories. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And what's, what's I found with, so I am really good at leaving stuff behind me now. And literally, uh, if you say, you know, yesterday when you did blah, blah, I'd be like, 
Did I? Tell, remind me. Because it's yesterday. I'm leaving it there. <laughs> this moment is like right now. That's why when we talked, I don't know what I said on that survey that you sent out. I just answered the survey and sent it back to you, right? <laughs> yes. Nevertheless, right? the survey has an indication of, of some of the parameters that you're about, which is great. And so yeah, discussing, talking and putting things, I'm, I'm fervent of putting things on paper because in our mind, everything is non-linear. It's all over the place. When we put it on paper, then we can get more linear and then address them and find out evidence of their existence in our lives and then deal with them. This Absolutely. Absolutely. When we talk about, um, when I was working on my abandonment issues, when I finally admitted to them, um, I did a timeline and I went in vitro. That was my, my first abandonment happened in vitro. Oh, are you serious? I'm serious. I'm serious. Wow. And, and and my body knew. Your body knows. Your body hangs on to everything. Your body knows everything because it's your the little electrons and little brains in every cell. And um, you know, some other conversation will get into what I did to to discover that, and I validated it with my sister. But my mom tried to abort me, and and she failed. Obviously, here I am, right? Good um, thing. But what does that do to the fetus, right? What you, while, while it's struggling, right? And then at six months, I had a sister, sister who introduced me to the pillow over the face, right? What does that do, right, <laughs> to to you? And my mom died when I was siblings. three. What does that do, right? My father worked until midnight, never home. What does that do? I mean, uh, and and so I go through the timeline of all of these events and like, oh, Gail, what do you mean you don't have abandonment issues? Are you out of your mind? You're full of crap. You're full of crap. How did you feel after each one of these? What are the decisions you made? And I can remember making decisions at two. You make decisions and you run your life based on those decisions. And those decisions are fine when you're two. They're not fine when you're 22. Right? That's time. amazing. And that comes from, uh, from, from early on. But when we said before, you were a gang kid in Boston. And so you were introduced to the tough life and making things happen, but then you turned it around to being tough on yourself in order to get to the next level. Right. Right. And, and, you know, do you call it tough love? And, and I'm not tough. Like I used to be tough. I mean, if you knew me like 15 years ago, before I started with the personal development stuff, um, I was rough around the edges. I was, I was still the street kid. Right. Um, but once I started, working on myself, I realized that, you know, there's this person inside who's not, doesn't need those defenses. Right. And, and I don't care if I'm vulnerable. And, and if what I have experienced in my life is offensive to you, I'm sorry, but that's what I've experienced in my life. And if it's offensive to you, that's maybe you need to go and ask yourself why. Yes. That key word vulnerable, very right. important to yeah. show our true colors, who we are. So, because we are all, all coming short of the ideal that we want. We are all coming short and it's okay. Right? It's, okay. it's the journey. It's the journey. There is no destination. If you think no shame. I'm going to be like, I call myself a master. Does that mean I'm done? Heck no. That means I am really pushing hard on the nuances of my craft. I'm really getting down to honing that skill and I'm, facing new challenging things. I mean, this week alone, I reached out to some people like, I need to talk to you about what's coming up. This is amazing. Right. 
new and exciting things all the time. That's awesome. That's living yes. your life. Live. That's about living. I like to say that the day you think you know it all is the day you start to fall. So therefore, it's a journey of knowledge. I, I, I like it. I said you have like a tree in back of you on that canvas. And oh, yeah. I say that life is like a tree. If a tree stops to grow, it dies. It needs to grow by nature. And you and I can derive a lot of lessons from nature. If we right. stop growing, we're dead. We uh, no growth, no fruit. We're not feeding ourselves and others and, and creating generational wealth. And by wealth, I'm not necessarily mean money. It could be wisdom. It could be all sorts of good feelings, relationships right. that we have with people. That's absolutely mm -hmm. lovely. I love it. So, I have a friend who uses a tree uh, for his analogy. And he says, you know, the roots are deep for the tree to survive. And he goes, and sometimes, especially on a fruit tree, Gail, you have to cut off a limb for the tree to survive. Yes. And you have to be heartless in cutting off that. And I've done that. I have walked away from friends. I have walked away from family. Right. Um, and not in a terrible, harsh way. It's like, I am no longer in that space that you're in. And I can't, in fact, it hurts for me to be in that space. Yes. So I need to walk away. And that was a fear of mine, fear of success. I was afraid to lose my fr friends and family. And it's true. I lost them. But look who I have, Francois, I have amazing people walking into my life because I've made space for those who no longer serve me. It's okay if they're here for just a season. The you season's over. Space. You made space. I love it. Yes. I have three apple trees in my backyard. I have a big lot and three apple trees. And I didn't know what to do. So I called someone that knows about it because who am I to know about that? Well, I don't. And so I called him up and he's an older guy and he looks at them. And he says, okay, we need to cut all these things. He says, I go, what are these things? And he said the word, very interesting. They're suckers. Yes. I says, what do you mean? He says, well, you see the branches? I says, the branches are big, but right beside the trunk, there's some of these new shoots that are pulling up. And these are suckers. They are taking the energy that needs to go to the Before other Before it can get up there. Yes. So therefore, what you just said is we need to cut the suckers from our lives because they are draining us and sucking the energy that would otherwise bear big and good fruit with the purpose and alignment that we want. I love right. this analogy. Thanks for saying this. We need to cut off from these people. Right. And that's the same when it comes to growing your business. As an, If you're an entrepreneur who is looking to create a business where you're working on the business, not in the business then when you start off you're working in the business you are the one who's doing everything but then you need to create systems and processes right and then you need to walk away that's that's cutting a limb you're walking away and trusting you now need to change from being an entrepreneur to being a leader and a trainer teaching others how to pick up right? And as you grow even more, I mean, Steve Jobs is a perfect example of a leader who wasn't ready when Apple grew, right? He got kicked out of his own CEO company. He got kicked out. What did he do? He learned what he was missing and he went back and grabbed that baby back. There you go. Yes. Right. But he knew he was right. He learned what he needed to learn and went back. Absolutely great. Right. I, I like the thing it says you need to walk away and trust and become yeah. the leader you need to become. Right. And, and I'll be vulnerable in one of my things myself as, as I started to delegate to others. Remember I said, I'm a good little boy. I like relationships. And then 
I, I let the relationship get deeper into the person, but the results were not where they were supposed to be. And I put a blind eye on the results, valuing the relationship. Now, something for each and every one of the entrepreneurs here. There is friendship, relationship, but you have your CEO cap on. And that one needs to direct business decisions. As hard as they may be, they're like those suckers. You need to cut them off. Of and course it hurts, but it that's does. what needs to happen in order to prune the tree so it can bear more fruit. I absolutely love it. Thanks for bringing that to light. Absolutely. The first job I ever had as a manager, I came up through the ranks, right? So now I am the boss of all the people who used to be my peer, right? Nice. I, I went to, oh yeah, I, it was amazing. I went to lunch with a woman and she said, Gail, this is the last time that we can go to lunch together. And I said, why? She said, well, now you're my boss. <laughs> I'm, I might say something about someone in gossip and you can take action on it. Wow. I can no longer go to lunch with you. Now, at that time, I had a great HR department and I went to Donna. I went to the leader and I said, uh, what do I do with this? And you know what she said? She said, she's absolutely right. You need to now get new friends and let those go. And I started to, and I literally in that particular job, we had, I had some change that I put in. It was very successful, by the way. It was an awesome um, experience. Um, and one of the staff came in and she said, I don't know why you're putting that change in. We didn't vote on it. I was a peer before, remember, right? And I looked at her and I laughed and I said, you know, I'm sorry if I said something that gave you the idea that this was a democracy. I'd love to hear your opinion, but the bottom line is it's my butt in the sling if this fails. Absolutely. I make the decision. It's not up for a vote. Nice. Yes. Right. Of course, there's nuances to that, but nevertheless, it is true. We need to take responsibility when right. we do. And the higher we go in the hierarchy, the more our butt is in the sling. And so, therefore, we need to make sure that it happens. And as we make those decisions and it works, well, the hierarchy will benefit from it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I always said that my key to success has always been my team. Because I, and this is why I'm, I, I was drawn as being a coach. I always was because I did not micromanage my team. I trained them, gave them the tools and trusted they would do it. And they did. Nice. Wherever, wherever I set the bar, they would rise to. So I set the bar high and I had the rejects. I had Gail, I can't stand working with this person. I don't want to fire them. Will you take them? Sure. I had the rejects in every company I worked with. I got them and they rose. They, they rose, rose to where I put the bar. The picture you painted for what was possible for them and the encouragement you give them made it happen. This is a good lesson for everybody listening yes. here. Let us not put our own, how do you say, limitations on yes. behavior. Let's not do that. Let's, as I said, don't kick the beehive. Put the bar high. Absolutely. And they'll rise up to it. Absolutely. You'll rise up to it as well. Right. But you need Excellent. to believe in yourself. Like I believed in them. I need to believe in me. Right. Absolutely. Right. Hey, time is running. We're right. having so much fun here. I so know. 
one of the things that we always like to have each and our guests is, and it's just for fun. If you had the superpower, what would it be and why? This is a, a twist, a change here that we'd like to cover. All right. I mean, I could, I have a whole bunch of wishes, but if I had a super superpower, if I would, I would want the power of instant manifestation. Instant I want to be instant manifestation. I want to be able to see it and make it happen. And I honestly believe that we have the power to do it. We're just not there yet. Wow. Instant manifestation. We're not using most of our brain. And it's interesting. I You say instant manifestation and it's something that you like to put in. I'll say, I'll, I'll put it here. Instant manifestation. I feel that if you have a feeling of something can be done, that means you have the potential of making it happen. Otherwise, you would not feel it. Right. And feeling it. Oh my God, we could, and we're running out of time. But your body feels it first before anything, right? That's why you heard me say the word delicious. Yes. Right? Like if something feels delicious to me, it is going to happen because I feel it. And if I feel it, then my brain can believe it. Absolutely. Right? And, uh, and it has to happen. It has. So yeah. for information, to create transformation, we need integration. And to me, repetition and feeling are the fastest integrator. And words like juicy and delicious are integrators, making that information now a transformation because you've integrated it. And now you're going with passion, delivering right. your message because you're excited about it. You right. don't go, oh no, it's Monday morning. I'm a national trainer. I work with Tony Robbins. And when we were in the franchise that he had in Ontario, Canada, he used to tell us, my Monday mornings are more exciting than most people Christmas Day. <laughs> and he says, and it's by choice. Right. It's by choice. It's by choice. It's absolutely by choice. So, yes. So this has been fantastic. Honest to God, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> Likewise. Any word of wisdom, if you had one word of wisdom that you'd like to tell our people, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know what I told you. So if I had one word of wisdom, I would say, believe in yourself. Believe. Excellent. Believe in yourself. I yeah. love it. Yeah, for sure. That is good. And it's in there. Believe, trust. And also as a, let's, let's add on this. You say, believe in yourself. See, both of us are coaching people. And if you believe in yourself, I got some good news and bad news. The good news is that you believe in yourself, you can make it happen. The bad news, if you do it alone, you're not going to make it happen. Because at first, a belief is like a seed and you need to plant the seed. And once you plant that seed, you need to nourish it. And now it starts to grow. But this is a caveat to everybody. And I do it myself sometimes. That's why I have coaches as well. My doubt and my worry are actually me pouring poison on that seed. I am killing it, not the environment. Right. Not circumstances me because of my doubt and my worries and my challenges or inability or fear of wanting to grow because we need to grow in order to become more that's why i call it how to become more how to we become more become more in order to get more give more and be more so we can enlighten this world i like to say that when the tide rises all the boats rise with it i don't care how small or big your boat is it's by law it has to wonderful so yes. if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way that you like people to get a hold of you? Um, you Thanks can get so in much. touch. 
Right. You can get in touch with me through LinkedIn and that's Gail Kraft, K-R-A-F-T. Um, definitely do give me a message and tell me why you're getting in touch with me because I no longer accept people I don't know because I'm tired of the marketers. If you want to sell to me, please don't. <laughs> I put it in the chat. I put your, uh, so now it's going to appear on all the social media. Okay, and, perfect. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, it's interesting. This is, I don't, you see what just happened now is that Gail is now so sure of who she wants to serve and what it is that she is no longer operating from lack, meaning, oh, they come to me, I'll take, I'll take, it says, but rather looking at the situation and it's too bad people cannot see me right now. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm making my hand come at me and that hand I look at it says, is this helping me right now? If it is, I take it and I put it in. And if I'm not, and I'm taking another hand now, it's coming at me. Is this helping me? If it's not, you turn it away and you put it out. Don't let these things become suckers in your life, draining your energy that you don't need. You, you mentioned something very powerful and only because you have clarity, you're able to do this. Right. So the first one, that's why I like my cure, C-U-R-R-E. And the first one is clarity. Unless we're right. clear on what we want. It's, it's like the Cheshire cat. Where are you going? Right. Right. And on, honestly, if you know what you don't want, then you do know what you do want. The love clarity tells you that. Right. And that's a good thing. Sometimes we don't know what we want. Start with what you don't want. And right. then it's going to narrow you down. So that's an exercise that's guided and help us out. As you said, we can talk for hours. I know. This is absolutely wonderful. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you. In under this, we'll have uh, contact information. We'll be spreading out through the social media. It's a pleasure. Gail is a fantastic, empowering process coach. Get a hold of her, find out. I believe that on her website, she even offers people to uh, have a one-on-one -on -one with her to discover things as I do. But if, if you resonate with Gail, connect with Gail. If you resonate with me, connect with me. If you don't resonate with Gail or with me, don't connect with either of us, but connect with someone. Connect with someone. And um, honestly, with my complimentary sessions, if we don't resonate, but I know a coach that maybe work for you, I will recommend someone else. Absolutely, this is lovely. Gail, a pleasure. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, you are the MVP of your life. We're here to empower you and get you fired up for the success that is inside of you. Listen to your intuition. Follow your gut. Yes, you will fail. Get back up. Get going. Follow your passion. Change lives. And that's what it's all about. From Francois from HowToBecomeMore.com, wishing you a lovely day. And again, thanks, Gail, for participating. And until next time, make it a good one.